internet, and may the force be with you. My name is Matthew Kroll. I'm Shahir Dow. And with us today is... Stephen Buja. hello. And welcome to the only podcast about episode one, The Phantom Menace. Ooh. But Shahir, why are we doing this? We normally do normal films that come out... <laughs> Kind of recently. There's a lo- that's a loaded statement where you just said normal films doesn't include Star Wars, according to you, which I agree with. Uh, sure, <laughs> I would actually say so too. Yeah, no. So I did. Uh, the Phantom. Um, sorry, The Force Awakens is coming out in a few weeks, and we wanted to less review. Than a month. Less, less than, than a month. month. Yeah, less we wanted to like basically lead us into that film because and and I what I'm really interested in here is getting kind of an education from you guys and our guests so we're going to have a special guest for every single episode some of them skyping in from, from oh, a galaxy over- far far away oh, wow. oh, look at you they you went go. there yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to say all over the world but yeah, sure yeah. um and I'm hoping to get an education because to be honest with you, Star Wars is not my bag. Okay. Like, like even the original trilogy is just not my thing. I, I'm not into it. I, I, I've never, ever once sat down and went, man, I'd like to watch Star Wars again. Well, we brought in uh, Mr. Steve Buja, who's been a guest on the show before. Hello, hello. Um, now, I would say Steve is probably my most Star Warsy friend, in a sense. That would be a fair assumption. Um, yes. Now, again, I'm not in your ballpark, Shahir, for this, but I am in, and I'm not in Steve's ballpark about being a super fan. I really loved the movies 4, 5, and 6 when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and as I grew up, I kind of became more of a Star Trek guy. Right, um, yes. And, but, like, I didn't dislike the movies, but I'd seen them so much, but I, I'd have to admit when uh, The Phantom Menace was coming out, and we'll talk about that in a second, I got excited, and I was like, oh, I remember really loving this, and then what we're going to talk about happened. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we're going to do this sort of special, and we're really excited to sort of look back at these movies uh, with with varying opinions. Yes. Um, Steve has a very close, uh, you have a very close uh, sort of affinity to this movie. I do. Uh, uh, we'll what, what? I, I will probably de- delve right. into some personal history here. Why don't about we do that sure. first? Why don't we go into our personal Star Wars history? Where did like so you kind of touched upon it then, but sure. like, but tell to Matthew Curl, tell me how you came by you came by Star Wars and and what your feelings about it were when you were younger. I feel like my story is a very typical one. Uh, it is was at my grandparents' house and they had it like they had HBO at the time mm-hmm. and a huge projection TV, but like huge was like forty inches with the you know the the backlit you know actual projection thing. Oh wow! And there was an old v- VHS tape of the original Star Wars. They must have recorded off of HBO or something back yeah. in the day, and that was sort of my first. Uh, they my parents would go over and they'd sort of have like their cool adult parties and they'd stick the kids watching Star Wars and I, that sort of was the tape that kept rolling and rolling and rolling and then eventually it was Master of the Universe but that's a whole different thing which is de- which is derived which from is Star which Wars. is basically Star, Star Wars. Wars yeah um but yeah so then it sort of turned into I'm a collector by uh genetics I guess you'd say and uh <laughs> when I was little I would go to flea markets and try to collect all of the Star Wars toys I wasn't like into it back then for like oh it needs to be in the package or whatever but like I'd want Yoda I'd want Boba Fett I'd want the the bullshit ones that I can't even remember their names the one that looked like a trash can uh the yeah. one that you know all these weird characters that Lucas was sort of cashing in on you know the trash can Steve with the little yeah. feet that you look, walk Gronk? slow Gronk I is think it, it is Gronk, Gronk or that's yeah. it's, it's something it's, it's along the sound the lines. it makes yeah uh, so that was really it. And like I said, I sort of slowly fell off uh, until the prequels. Uh, and Shahir, you kind of said that you weren't ever really into it. I, I I don't remember when I saw Star Wars as a kid. I definitely did. Um, I, I remember being much more excited about uh, Batman when it came out, <laughs> Back to the Future, Terminator. Uh, those were kind of like more my jam. Sure. Uh, even 
Michael Jackson's Moonwalker was the video that I would watch all, over and over again instead okay. of Star Wars. Still amazing. He's still amazing. Yeah, he turns into a robot. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, I think my my defining memory of Star Wars was actually in college when I was in film school and Star Wars, uh, the re-release was coming out, you know, when they, when they, yes. re- when they did the big re-release and, and I suddenly got swept up into the hype. Cause I like, you know, I like it when a big movie's coming out. I like getting involved in like the, the excitement sure. for like a big movie coming out. And so I was really excited by, you know, Oh, Star Wars. Yeah. That movie I watched once when I was a kid. And then I sat down in the theater as like a, slightly pretentious 18, 19 year old film school <laughs> student. And I watched, uh, a new hope. And I was like, this is a bad movie. <laughs> I did not enjoy this movie at all. And then I, you know, and, but, but I still w- went along when the Phantom Menace came out. I still went along when, you know, and, and I, and, and more, m- so I'm kind of more defined by the re-release and the prequel release. Gotcha. You know, I just got hung up on your story when you said you, you, you were, you were pretentious at some point. That, <laughs> at that some really, point. At yeah. some point. Oh, it's definitely gone now. Wow. Yeah. wow. Implying uh, that you were not pretentious <laughs> at, an, at an even earlier point. Uh, Steve, let's, let's go with you. Okay. Uh, I, I too do not remember the first time I saw Star Wars mm-hmm. A New Hope. I do remember it was on... My parents had recorded it off like they got a free weekend of HBO or something. Yeah, I think I, that's so, a, so I remember. I remember it being on like this old shitty VHS tape. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we had a, we actually had a sticker of like you know a VHS sticker that was for Star Wars, so we had it on there. Uh, and I we we ran that thing into the ground. I remember one summer when I was like eight or nine or something. It was like that was on every day with a giant thing of popcorn. It was amazing. And we, and I, and I loved it. Uh, uh, before the prequels came out, I had a very large number of the expanded universe books, which oh! are now, which are now no longer Canon. No longer Canon. I am so upset about, I'm really glad you're on today actually, cause you're going to give me the education. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, some of those were good. Some of them some, were yeah. awful. There were, there were some bad hit or miss. I, I was, when they, when I heard about new star Wars, I was like, are they going to make air to the empire? Cause I loved the air to the empire. Mm-hmm. It takes place right after return of the Jedi. Anyways, um, then when it was announced that episode one was coming out, I was there for like one of the only show show showings of Meet Joe Black just to see the trailer oh, and the trailer. Wow. Wait, Meet Joe Black had the trailer. Meet Joe yeah. Black had the trailer. It was one of the reasons why it actually did slightly better box office than <laughs> anticipated. But death loves peanut butter, Steve. It totally, <laughs> it, it, it totally does. Uh, so I was, I was all about that. The trailer is actually still quite amazing. And I want to see that movie. Uh, I yeah. bought many, I stood in line for many hours on a somewhat uh, sweltering uh, spring day to buy tickets right. because you could not get them on the internet because at that they point. didn't have the internet right what is the internet yeah uh and yeah six hours i bought like tickets for the 1201 show or the 1159 show and then like a one for uh that that the following night sure. saturday like all weekend long i was seeing it huh. i had all the I had so many of the toys that my mom was like, I'm going to sell these. <laughs> if you, it's like you got to do something with them, and well, 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 we will get into what the experience was right. uh, well, later well, on. But I was I was very much a Star Wars person, and still and still am. I did see all of I did see two and three. 
at midnight. I am I am not seeing uh, seven at midnight. I'm actually being an adult and being, being, an, adult. being an adult and I'm seeing seeing it with a buddy who actually knew me back in high school. There you that, go. That, so I thought that would be a nice little mm-hmm. merging of worlds. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm I really really enjoy Star Wars. And this and, and I guess this is kind of where I come in on this a little bit, which is that of the six movies that have come out so far for Star Wars, right? I think you could argue two are good. Uh, two two a total out of the six. Yeah, two are two are very good. Two are okay. <laughs> And that's to and me, two, and two and two are like bad, and you can and the and the okay ones and the bad ones you can like so, go back so, like it could be more or less, but there's at least one okay one in there, and it's so, depending on your for, so for 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 such a beloved, and, and we have to all agree that Star Wars is uh, of the of the mega franchises. Yeah. Star Wars is probably number one. Well, yes, probably and absolutely, yeah, and we, you can see that. I just want to say this real quick as an aside. You can see that in the Force Awakens advertising. Like I've never. Got gotten teary at a target commercial before right. yeah but these and commercials are masterful and there's something sort of like for everyone in our generation that that either was kind of into it or not it represents childhood and it represents sort of like your first right. foray into something like a big world you love so so that's so and and i'm gonna just use my experience which was that you know like the movie was coming out and i suddenly got excited and then when i actually saw the movies i was like why am i excited about this and what i would say about star wars before we get into the phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And and into the rest of the series that that our listeners are going to be listening to, is that I th- personally think, and I'm going to put this down to begin with, and you can hopefully change my mind about this. Sure, is I think the st- the Star Wars universe is better at marketing itself and selling itself than it is at making movies. I would agree statistically, <laughs> but there's yes. but there's. But Shahir, your cold, hard numbers are no match for the power of space magic, a.k.a. the Force, and the feelings that Midichlor- this... Right. Some, some midichlorian yeah, action? Yeah, we'll get yeah. into that. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it, you're, you're right, but you're wrong. Like, there's there's an intrinsic sort of... It's what happens when something... Ha- when, when, a, when a property becomes bigger than itself. Like, right. there's a reason George Lucas isn't in charge anymore, and that's because sort of the fans, no matter what he did, and granted, well, a lot of choices he did, I think, are bad, yeah. but yes. he, he's still sort of the father of it all, and now all of the kids that love his shit and now don't love his shit won't let him do anything he wants anymore, and it's got this awful sort of taste in his mouth, so he's like, you know what? It's I mean, he sold it to Disney, obviously, yeah. but he's like, fans, guess what? It's yours now. I'm out. So now... It's something that everyone sort of has had their own experience with, especially through childhood and adolescence. So it's sort of like the magic of that means it's not overrated, even if the right. films individually as looking at them as we will uh, kind of are. Yeah. So and what I think is interesting there is that I think maybe Star Wars has kind of hit the zeitgeist moment when when fan fiction and fan um you know, uh, fanboyism, sure, yes. <laughs> kind yes. of like came yeah. about through Star Wars because before, prior to right. Star Wars, you didn't have a film that that garnered such a sort of right. fervor around yeah, right. it. And, and I think Star Wars kind of yeah, hits on I, that. And and uh, and for, strictly from a filmmaking side, like like there was you you can you can you can adjust the calendar to Star Wars. There was everything before Star Wars and everything after. Right. Like Hollywood, ever since 1977, has been chasing after the next star wars it right it, and, and it, it literally cha- it. it literally changed everything about movie making but but like i would for example i'm not a big science fiction guy but 
I think Battlestar Galactica as a sh- the the, the yeah, reboot yeah. series is a much better example of a world a universe being built a, a much better example of dramatic stakes in a in a big galactic space opera than Star Wars ever will be. I see. I <laughs> again we can go back and forth on this, but there's two two sort of points to that. One you're you, the, sort of the way you were introduced to it is sort of different and that I totally see how that could sort of formulate. And there's something to be said for opinion too. Like some, I mean, I think Firefly is a, is a cooler, yeah. is a cooler cool. world than Star Wars, yeah. but Star Wars still has this sort of hold. And I think it goes back to a couple things. One, it goes back to, this was the first franchise that turned people watching movies into the equivalent of excitement of people like with, with rock stars rock yeah. or, yeah. or stuff like that. Like this was a film that did that or a franchise that did that. And for whatever reason, it, it filled a cultural gap in something and it will forever sort of do that. And it's interesting now, cause I'm always curious, like before let's not even not talk about the prequels or the new one, like, you know, parents obviously show their kids star Wars mm-hmm. yes. and, uh, some I, I'm always curious, like what these kids think of it because their star Wars is not a new hope. Like their star Wars is really truly the animated series, the clone wars, yeah, right. which or is rebels or, something. or rebels. But like, those are their like sort of Luke Skywalker's or those characters. Yeah. And I'm not familiar with them, but I'm really interested to see moving forward. Like, Kids and adolescents won't like Star Wars four, five, and six. Probably not the prequels either. They're going to watch the cartoon and then go see these movies. And then when they're older, when they're like twenties or something like that, they might get interested if they still like the franchise and be like, "Oh, that's Han Solo when he was young. That's so cool!" Like (laughs) it's going to be like that. It's going to be very, very strange. And there hasn't been. I think the whole point of this entire conversation, whether you you love Star Wars or you think it's overrated, there's never been anything sort of like it in the movie space um, as well then. And even sort of now it's, it's, it's this weird, it fills this weird void uh, in, I, in I film. I think there've been a close attempts. You could argue the Lord of the Rings, which came out yes. around the time of the prequels, um, the Batman universe, the Marvel universe. Now see, I don't even Matrix, think I love you know, Marvel. Hey, yeah, we all know. Yeah. Um, but I think Marvel is tapping into a sort of another thing, but it's not going to be in, in 10 or 15 years or whatever. The Marvel bubble bop Marvel bubble pops. Mm. It will. <laughs> the superhero thing. People will sort of get tired of it. I'm not tired of it. And yeah. I don't even know if I will. I'm saying culturally. Yeah. Uh, but, but people don't get sick of star Wars, which, which is going to be interesting when they start pumping out two movies a year. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then we'll see how, because that's, Oh man, I don't yeah. want to keep talking about the thing as a whole, but as a franchise, we've been, I guess, lucky in a weird way to have the major releases of a thing be so far apart from one another. Yes. Like the yeah. prequels were two or three years between each other. Three you years know, each. Yeah. But like, that's still enough. We're going to get two star Wars movies a year starting in 2016. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, insane. That might do what, what <laughs> superhero movies are kind of happening and it might get Just the kill pun- it. Yeah. Right. It might oversaturate the market and so, therefore make it less special. So really Shahir, <laughs> we can't prove you. We can't prove your point right or wrong or our point right or wrong until culturally yeah. We get bombarded with this and we see if we're sick of it. There's no accounting for taste, certainly. But, but you know, I, I just, you know, I, I would argue that so far the hit rate for Star Wars, even before we even get into each film, is a little low. And I would little, argue yeah, that. But, but when when they do hit, when four and when episodes four and five hit, they are massive. They are, like, to me, four is a wonderful movie and five is basically flawless it's mm. it's like and they're like they're so good that they can prop the others up right from some I, shaky I, plotting and i kind everything. of i kind of equate them oddly i think to the batman nolan verse uh where i think 
Batman Begins is close in my mind to A New Hope. Dark Knight is close to Empire Strikes Back. And um, Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises is close to Return of the Jedi. You know, somewhat analogously. You know, I think that that's probably fair. Yeah, it's fair. I think out of all of these, I'm looking forward to the most talking about in six weeks or however long we release these to, to Jedi because I have such... Jedi's the one I've seen the least out of all right, six right. and or at least the, the least since I started judging movies really like right. I feel like as a kid it was the most and I loved it yeah. and there's a lot of sort of hate for it now so I'm really interested to go back and sort of see if I can still appreciate or love or whatever yeah. but we're not talking looking, about six. Hearing that. oh we're starting we're okay. starting at the very at the, the, at, the, at, the, at the canonically beginning, right? Yeah, because of the there, are, there are many. Th- I've been reading about many theories about how to watch these movies, and, and have you read about the Machete theory? Yes. Like, yeah. Really? Oh yeah. You cut you what? You cut some of them up. Yeah. And, uh, you, yeah. you start with four, then you go to one, and then you. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's crazy. But, but we're not Crow, doing that. Set us up. All right. So I'm going to take you back to uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away in the year 1999. <laughs> May, when, May 18th. Thank you, or Steve. No, oh. May 18th or 19th. One of those. Wow. Yeah. Uh, when Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace launched. Hey, let's read The Crawl. Okay. Crawl, crawl. Crawl, crawl. <clears throat> episode One: The Phantom Menace. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all ships to the small planet of Naboo. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy, to settle the conflict. So let's talk about that. What? What? Taxation. What? what, what, what? Dip we taxes. I, uh, what? I remember when I was a kid and I saw this in the theater. I guess I wasn't a kid. I guess I was 16 or 16 something or like 17. That. I read this and I was like, I don't understand any of that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? I, not that I didn't understand. I was like, I didn't care. I was like, okay, right. cool. It's ta- taxes. Yeah, Trade it's, it's a very, it's a very different thing than say i believe the the opening crawl of a new hope has something like the, by the way this this uh, this federal this all this group of people this political organization has built something called the death star mm-hmm. which automatically establishes <laughs> like you know what maybe i shouldn't really like the this this empire that's going on meanwhile the trade meanwhile it's like a blockade like okay there are a lot of things i there are a lot of there are a lot of situations where i'm like let I want to see the legal disputes and the talking <laughs> and like people just like going to going to town like or across a table. Right. Star Wars is literally never has never been one of those things. I don't care about the political nuance. I don't care. I do not give a shit about the Senate. Like the like the only the only Senate I need is that, by the way, the emperor dissolved the Senate in episode four and he's <laughs> fucking taken over now. Like, OK, that's all I need. And here it's like, so we're getting the politics if, of if this? that's what? your initial reaction to the crawl you are going to be so disappointed by yeah. star wars and one two and three yes and i will say that this is my this is my 32 year old self opinion my 16 year old self was like yeah fuck yes star wars. all right <laughs> yeah that was the thing like you, you look at it now and and even then i mean i didn't i didn't give a shit about the crawl i was like where are the jedi like that's yeah. all i cared about when i was younger and now you look at it and i'm just like oh 
<laughs> I watched it recently, you know, when we watched it for this, and I was like, okay, okay. And then I remember the Trade Federation, and I remember, uh, let's just kind of dive into it, when Obi-Wan and his uh, his tutor, his teacher, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Yep. Academy Award nominee Liam Neeson. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ewan McGregor. Um land on a trade federation ship to negotiate this whole trade blockade to Naboo, which side note, this bugged me when I was a kid <laughs> and it bugs me now. Why the fuck is Naboo important? Look, if you're going to do this minutia bullshit yeah. of like taxes and, and blockades and trade federations and the Senate and all this other crap, I need to at least if you're going to info dump me, don't don't like tease me that much and then don't do the and, end and why, of it. Right. Why not do something like like the, the problem for me with watching Star Wars is the whole narrative is so circuitous. Like it goes around in circles to get to where it wants to go. And like, why not be in Tatooine? Like, why not have the trade dispute be in Tatooine? I think, I mean, I could answer this. Because the huts. Yeah. The huts control that. The huts control that. They're not associated with the Republic. But do you see what I mean? Like, like the the central story takes place in Tatooine in this film. So why not have, you know, you know, so you've got an A story about the political machinations of the Senate and the, you know, the the Senate and the Republic slowly turning into the empire. And, and, and then you've got a B story about, this this young boy Anakin being found by these two Jedi's who will who will become like a key player in that transformation and the right. and the part of the the dark side. Why not have the story start in Tatooine? I I, I have an I have a I have the I bet you I have the story reason and the actual reason. And okay. I think the story reason is because they want to show that like there are tons of other planets otherwise or at least more planets right. otherwise the senate doesn't really make sense because like we've seen four planets in the star wars movie or five or whatever right. the hell it is and mentioned two or three and one blew up r.i.p uh what was it alderaan alderaan yeah uh but the the real reason honestly i think is more planets more races more toys yes sure <laughs> more settings more bit of vehicles yeah. more everything um, yeah, more, but, but we could, more, you could do the other side of Tatooine, right? Like, like we don't have to be in the exact same place that we're in a, in yeah, a new yeah. hope. The, the, I think the 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 thing that that everyone talks about Lucas is a fantastic world builder. Also, bites him in the ass in this point. If you were looking to storytell, it's kind of the way you're talking about because he has the all these planets are like done. Yeah. Like he's done them back then. The canon was still the canon because it yeah. was his and he wanted it that way. So he. That's why he, he wants that. Tatooine to be this. Yeah. And yes, yes, there are thousands of different clean ways that a really great uh, writer and story creator could take that and sort of turn it and make it simpler and better. Yeah. But that he that they're his. Yeah. And, and so and he is not a great writer or no, storyteller. No, no, no. Really. So anyway, uh, Jedi Knights get to <laughs> yeah. this trade federation and we see. Our first racist stereotype. Oh, my God. Two minutes, less than two minutes into it. Now, oh. as the token brown guy in this room, yep. <laughs> I I have to admit, I didn't find it that problematic other than it's silly and and it's 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 a little naive. And but like like I guess what I'm saying is it fit to me in the kind of way that this film plays, which is that it's a very, very childish film. It's it's a film for kids. And it's it's a really naive film about race and about politics. Sure, childish is an excellent description of it. Actually. Right, but the but the issue I have with it, and it's funny because even back when I was a kid seeing this, I knew that something was up, uh, and I wasn't uh, on the hot bus hot button issue of race back then. Yeah, um, I think. Look, you see one of these, you see the Trade Federation, and they're blatantly Asian. Asian. 
and weirdly like weird sort of like businessy control evil. Right. Then you have uh, the Gungan Gungans who, are, who the- are sort of like portrayed as tribal sort of people that are just Misa. Like the way they speak is dumb, but they're not dumb. Right. Yeah. And then you have Watto, which we'll get to, who is, oh my God, like the most Jewish sort of stereotype you possibly could have. So when I when you have one or even even two mm-hmm. of these things, you're like, oh, they're just kind of making things spaced out and trying to do whatever, like trying to just yeah. give the give flavor to the world. But there are three blatant in your face stereotypes and i'm not saying that lucas is a racist i'm saying he's lazy as fuck and went to bad places from our history and culture it was like oh and this one will be like this oh he's cheap so he's gonna do that like it's it's like it's it's shortcutting the process of filling your vast world you've created right right think about all the think about all the different voices in cartoons or animated series or anything that you've seen and yes there are racist things in there but people can do thousands of voices that have no racial or sort of any other context to them. And you could have very easily done that. And he didn't. No. Right. I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Steve. No, no, I was saying, and, and I think in trying to establish some sort of stereotypes, cause you know, he's supposed to, it's a, they're films that are based on very mythical archetypes. Sure. He kind of, he, he admittedly did get very lazy with it. And it is, I, I was watching, I was watching it the other night with my Jewish wife and it was, we were like, this is, um, this is like really bad. Yeah. <laughs> is, we're like, not, tra- not transformers too bad, not transformers yeah. too but bad, pretty close. But, yeah. uh, but side note, surprisingly, I am, I, I don't mind the, the trade federation. The, the voices are problematic. I do appreciate that. They're actually guys in suits. Well, they, in, in episode one, in episode they are one, guys yes, in suits. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So we still have that going for us. So it's like Yoda was a guy in a suit or not yeah. a guy in a suit, a puppet. A puppet yeah. So why don't, I mean, why don't we, uh, I, I tried to come up with like, uh, um, an analytical framework that we could use for, for, for looking at these films. Oh, so, God. so, so, so oh. that we're not just kind of like, Oh, this was cool. And this was bad. And this was cool. And this was bad. Okay. Um, You're breaking our whole format. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, so let's, let's, let's start with story structure. Okay. All right. So story. So so just the story itself of the Phantom Menace. What is the Phantom Menace about? How does it How does it play out? Is it okay. engaging? Now, I, I'll just preface this was was that one of my key reference points to this, uh, I guess, in the Lucas universe is Indiana Jones and the C- Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And, and I say that because that was one of the first films that I watched. You know, as an adult, where I was like. Well, there's just stuff happening in front of me, and and I'm mm-hmm. I'm so unengaged in this movie that I'm not even questioning what's happening anymore. There's so much that that's just going on that I just and and I'm so uninterested in every single part of it that I kind of just go, oh yeah, okay. But I I went through and there's a there's a uh, there's a very famous review yeah, online, Red Letter, Media. Red Letter Media review, which goes down and breaks down how nonsensical everything is in this film. Yeah. And, and when it, I watch that, I'm like. Oh yeah, that doesn't make sense. And why is that happening? And it's like it's only after the fact when I'm not sitting there watching the movie that I kind of have that that experience. So I don't know, like how 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 does the story play out for you guys? All right. Uh so the story ostensibly is about the entire prequel prequel trilogy is about the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. That's what uh so as I look at my watch while watching The Phantom Menace, about, about, it, about an hour in, I'm like, why the fuck haven't we met Anakin Skywalker? 
Yeah. What like he is he's the main character. And like yes, that's that that's a real key term it's, we're gonna it's, get to. It's you're like, why like I can understand that okay, we need to have the queen because we need to have Luke's mom there, sure, whatever. We also take a very long time getting to anything resembling a a profound moment because there's just a lot of people talking for the first 20 minutes around tables, which is the entire movie. Uh, so yeah, it's, and it's about, I think it's Lucas trying very hard and failing just <laughs> wild, spectacularly failing and trying to demythologize the star Wars universe. It's not about good and evil. And now there's like, it's like, I'm trying look, look guys, I'm trying to be nuanced. It's, you know, there are politics involved and like, I and don't it's so, care about it's the so politics. funny because I completely agree, but what he thinks is nuanced. And this is blatant through the story, through the dialogue, through the love nonsense. Ugh. And Ugh. It, what he thinks is nuanced. What he feels is, is subtlety is just the most blatant ballpoint hammer to your, like the center of your forehead. And it's, it's, it's insulting almost to the point like maybe again, maybe he's just doing it for children or maybe this is how he thinks people act because he's been so secluded in his own Skywalker ranch for so long. Like, I don't know why. I just know he did it and it's a choice and it's the choice that basically kind of poisoned all three of these movies despite their their somewhat good moments here and there. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you. Like, like I think you were uh, talking earlier about uh, say his name. They can't see when you point. Steve, Steve was talking earlier about how <laughs> how we kind. You know, there are some times we do want to see the politics of how the empire comes about. Uh, and I'm kind of you know like like yeah, the wire in Star Wars. I would kind of be interested in. And, and so I'm kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. But 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 every scene in the film is so horribly written and so horribly acted that 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 any attempt to, to find that nuance and detail becomes terrible. And then there's, you know, so, and so you start with, with Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan uh, in uh, at, at the trade Federation blockade, trying to, trying to figure out what to do. Uh, a battle ensues, you know, we're, we're into lightsaber territory right away. And then they escape down to Naboo where they meet Jar Jar Binks. Just Jar Jar randomly. Binks. And, and before we get to Jar Jar, I do yeah, just want to say one thing. It's later, interesting that we're complaining about how long it takes to get somewhere because we've talked for a half hour before getting to the point that we're complaining that the movies don't get too fast enough. Yeah. Interesting that's point. That's uh, true. But, but I, but I think, I think to Steve's point as well, the the problem here is that Qui-Gon is not an interesting character and he, I he's think not. he's supposed to be the main character in this film. I can't tell if it, if I'm in, cause I am I, personally, I'm interested in Qui-Gon Jinn. I think he's my favorite character in the prequels. Right. But I don't know if that's just because it's but, Liam Neeson. But he's right. also only in one of them. I, and, yeah. his, his, and his voice is in number two. Admittedly, but no, no. But, but like, seriously, like I, I liked him because he was, God, is he the main I'm, character? I'm going to say this. Uh, Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. He is, and as weird as it's going to sound, he is the Snake Plissken of the Star of the of the Star Wars prequels. He doesn't seem like a badass. He's me. not a badass, but he's also he rides the system. Right. He he's not a master because he refuses to follow all of the orders of the Jedi, but he's still a respected Jedi. Like right. he's this weird sort of middle point where, like, yes, he's a good guy. Maybe Plissken might be the wrong analogy, but the most, at least in the prequel, you could argue Han Solo is that. Right. Um. But. He's just like this, like, no, no, I understand you're super wise, but I'm going to do whatever the hell I want anyway. Yeah, right. And that, because there's not many, there's not many gray characters in Star Wars. 
No. Nor sh- nor really should, should there right. be. But you need a few. You need your Han Solos. You need your Qui-Gon Jinns. Because right. if you don't... You maybe got your General no. Grievous in there, who's your black right. and white kind of bad right. guy. Right. But <laughs> actually, but actually, you know, honestly, that's what, you know, to go to Han Solo, like, that's what this movie's missing. It's missing the cocky, renegade character. And Qui-Gon Jinn could have easily been that guy, but as of right now, him and everyone else, they are so reactive yeah. to yes. everything. They like like nobody has any agency. They just go along because that's what the plot does. Like everyone complains about, well no, Han shot first, Greedo shot first. Like the reason Han shot first is important because it's establishing him like he's not afraid to do that. Like when yeah. he like when the door opens in Bespin City, he just starts shooting Vader like no questions asked. Like that's what like that's the kind of ga- character he is. And there's none of that here. It's just like eh, Qui-Gon sitting back yeah, no, tell them to open up. We'll we'll just, we'll hang out and then we'll talk to the Trade Federation. So, and like literally, I think literally the only thing he actually affects any change on is the dice roll when he, <laughs> when, the, when they're rolling yeah, for, does Shmi get rescued or does Anakin, like that's, I think that's literally the only thing he does. Right. So, so, and I think I see that. That if, if Qui-Gon point. is the, is the main character, I think Qui-Gon's main dilemma is that he encounters this child who will bring change to the force, but the Jedi Ordo doesn't want him to train her, right? Is, is yeah. that kind of his... Because his role in the Trade Federation dispute seems pretty negligible, and he seems pretty uninterested in it. Oh, he doesn't give a shit. Oh, he's, he's sent there because he's sent... So maybe... Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm turning around yeah. on my Snake Plissken thing, but I still think he's still a gray... I mean, he. Yeah, I think he's the closest to a main character right, as right. well, I but I just think he's a he's a pretty poor main character. Yes. I mean, it, it's saved by the fact that it's Liam Neeson. It's and Liam I, Neeson. And I love Liam Neeson. But, but, yeah, so, but like, so here's, a, you know, and to me, one of the classic examples of where this film is problematic is when uh, Qui-Gon, Jar Jar, Obi-Wan are traveling to the center of Naboo, to the, to the Gungan city yep. uh, <laughs> underwater. And, oh no, the, sorry, it's after yeah. that and they're trying to get back to the to, to the main city of Naboo. When there's like three different bigger fish. When yeah, and yeah. there's like this huge sit piece with these giant fish happening and Qui-Gon's in the back going, it's uh, always a bigger fish, always bigger fish. And it's like, it's like a joke. And it's like, it's like, why did we have this scene? Why, yeah, no one's reacting it, to it. Jar Jar's kind of freaking out. But, um, but yeah, over the top. Yeah, well, I think, I think and it's such a big scene. The choice, the choice, and it's a poor one again, <laughs> is to have Jedi sort of be these infallible, never fear sort of. Right, yeah, moments. but, but, but and it doesn't work. Cause even like, well, it, here's the interesting part. Obi-Wan, because he's young, he's a Padawan. Should be. He should be scared. And when you can tell during, and we'll get to this later, but the Darth Maul fight scene between the two of them, he's the only one breathing heavy, looking nervous. Yeah. yeah, Like whatever. He's the one that reacts. Yeah. 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 Um, And he, I I felt like here, he should have kind of been doing that a little more. It's weird because he's doing his best uh, Sir Alex Guinness impression. Right. But he's doing it from the end of Star Wars. And it's like, I feel like you should be working towards that right, point sure. and starting he, he, somewhere like, else. He like he should be the Han Solo character. Yeah. Honestly. Like But he's a nothing character. He's a, he's a nothing like yeah. like uh, like honest like honestly I know everyone like goes down you know puts down love triangles, but like if there was like some romantic tension between him and, and Padme, Padme, that would have like, been interesting. Been like, that that would because then like he then then Anakin is actually betrayed by his mentor, which is and cause you can, for a dark side fall. and you can certainly forgive Lucas for not wanting to retread things but it is kind of that case of like if it ain't broke you know like if right. you're gonna but you know because maybe if yeah. he did retread it people would be like oh you're just doing the same movie over again and that's kind of dumb 
Whereas he tried to go for something different and it didn't work. It really, it really didn't work. Well, actually, it's interesting because you can, you can, mm. with time and hindsight, you can actually trace the three prequels. They are kind of the same exact movies as the three. Oh, yeah. As the Eventually three, right? over yeah. time. I mean, but it's interesting because all he does is move sort of pieces around of major moments that happen, but yeah. to different characters. But like, I, but again, I don't know if he's just lazy or if because it's a hero's st- story journey, he's just not a skilled enough storyteller to make them feel new. Right. So this is great. You mentioned the hero's journey, the, yes. the Joseph Campbell um, uh, piece that that Star Wars really sure. structures Hero itself of a or, thousand faces. Yeah. And I think um, the, the interesting thing about um, A New Hope is that it really follows that trajectory very closely to the point where it's become the textbook right. case right. case of it. Now, here's the problem with the Phantom Menace. If the Phantom Menace is in any way going to resemble Hero's Journey, we start with this whole Trade Federation thing, then you know, and then somehow end up on Tatooine, and and it is literally like I'm watching it, going, "Oh, now we're here, now we're here," you know, like right. as opposed Shahir, to like why when they were escaping, <laughs> their hyperdrive got shot, and they couldn't, R two could repair it only so much, and then they just happened to drop out of hyperspace right near Tatooine, it's, and it's, then it's, the whole film takes a takes a like a hard lift tack, sure. and becomes about trying to free Anakin via a pod race. Because and again, I go back. I, I go back to and I'm, I'm going to keep going back and defending Qui Gon Jinn because Qui Gon Jinn doesn't give a fuck about anything except what Qui Gon Jinn gives a fuck about. His job, his job is to get the princess wherever, and he's super like meh. It's, whatever. He's completely he different. He doesn't that. give a shit. Yeah, and I do like how he keeps being like, I can protect you, but I can't fight a war for you because that's not what they told me to do. But, but it's it's like this convenience. But the second he's interested in something, the second they're looking for the hyperdrive, they go to Watto's. They, oh my god, right. that is it. Just it and bores find, me to tears. You just describing it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> they find uh, they find <laughs> the the Anakin Skywalker, little Anakin, little Annie. Yippee! Oh, fuck, <laughs> yeah. fuck yippee! Fuck Jar Jar Binks! I don't even want to talk about Jar Jar Binks. I know we oh. kind of skipped over him, but like, is there anything we want to talk about Jar Jar Binks? Well, we I, I love this theory that that's going around the internet right now. Darth Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah, I mean theory crafting oh, and all yeah, that shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because he could do a triple backflip. He obviously is a Jedi powered level thing. Well, I think the right. one the one interesting thing about the Darth Jar Jar notion is this idea that. Jar Jar suddenly becomes a senator, <laughs> and he is yeah. the he is the deciding vote uh, vote in making. Yeah. Everyone blames Jar Jar for that. Fucking Padme put him in that position. <laughs> That's but, true. But she knows he's an idiot. <laughs> but maybe he's not. Maybe right. he's kind. So is, is so he, maybe do you want some weird Scarlet Pimpernel? Do, do you want to let us know what the Darth Jar Jar theory is? It, 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 no, <laughs> I think yeah, it's, I'm not really, I'm not really familiar with it. I mean, you can go into it for a second, but we are right. we are already <laughs> two thirds. Very right, briefly, okay. there's this theory running on the internet and it's a reddit thread that that came up a couple of months ago uh where where someone posited that jar jar is the most powerful sith lord in the universe and is actually the one influencing the change of events and he and senator palpatine are in cahoots together um and if you trace jar jar's movements through the story you see that jar jar is one of the key factors and and there's this theory that that in episode two when count dooku appears as as the big bad that that fights um, uh, Obi Wan oh, and Anakin, and it was supposed to be Jar Jar who takes that. Who we realized Jar Jar this buffoon. Oh, you think yeah. you think he rewrote it because everyone hated him? So everyone hated it because the idea is is also that Jar Jar is the inverse of of Yoda, which is Yoda is this little insignificant person who turns out to be this master. Sure, and Jar Jar is this 
uh, you know, ignorant buffoon who turns out to be a big bad. Now, the theory is pretty flimsy in places, and so some of the some of the actual uh, theorizing using textual material is pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, I can I can do that with any character in this yeah, movie right. if but I really it, want. But it, like to me, it points to the thing we were talking about right at the beginning of this podcast, which is why people love Star Wars so much, is that there's so much we could read into it. Yes. You know, and, and it and yeah. it and and there's been so much fan involvement. But I would argue that I, I don't see if I can say this right because I'm going to lose my train of thought on it. I would argue you're right in one point, but is there so much that fans can read into only because fans read into it so much because they love it? Do you know what I mean? No, like, I, it, I, it, I think yeah, it's it the opposite definitely. of what you just said, which is that fans read so much into it because. I, I, I'm not, you know, because the marketing is so good and it invites us to, but I don't think the actual material is that right. good. I'm saying the original material, four, five, and six are that good. And that's what fuels the fan ability to read into this garbage sure. and look oh, yeah. at it more. Yeah. Now we, the, we're much more favorable. Sure. Yeah. I think honestly, the Jar Jar story, and then we should really should move on unless anyone's got some crazy point is <laughs> Jar Jar was made for kids. Lucas thought kids would love him. I think kids might've actually liked him, but he got so much backlash for that character. He just decided in a quick hand wave to make him not only sort of in, in not meaningful anymore, but also just have him have a little part of the downfall. So people could be like, Oh yeah, we hate Jar Jar. Right. And then, and then all of a sudden both well, Lucas, Lucas just, and the fans are both right. 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 Yeah. yeah. And, and, but you watch Jar Jar, Jar Jar to me points to like a tonal incongruity in this film as well, which is that Jar Jar really feels like he's from, a film designed for five-year-olds. Right. And then there's this Trade Federation taxation problem, <laughs> yeah. which feels like yeah. it's a film for like 25-year-olds. You know yeah, what I mean? So there's true. a real tonal incongruity that Jar Jar really right. points yeah. to. Always Jar Jar. On Shahir's point, I think Lucas... Mm-hmm. In trying to make a, you know, he tried to make a funny film. He like mm-hmm. Jar Jar's trying to painfully, forcibly mm-hmm. awkward humor. The he, droids are trying to do that too. Yeah. yeah, he forgot to make an actual fun film. Like A New Hope, it's like it's fun, it's light, it's it has the right amount of darkness to it. This is just it's just it's just Lucas just pounding away this one the fucking. The 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 scat humor and all it, <laughs> and just all this all this terrible things that he thinks like oh kids would like I would I really wouldn't want to show like Shahir's kid yeah congratulations yeah oh, congratulations <laughs> I wouldn't want to show Shahir, Shahir's kid the Phantom Menace because also I know he will never show his kid the Phantom I mean, Menace now, oddly, I would, you guys made me watch the Phantom Menace I put blinders on my kid because I didn't <laughs> want this to be his first film right. wow <laughs> but 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 however at an appropriate age. He like, might enjoy it. Yeah, at an know, appropriate age, age Uncle will, Matt, Uncle Matt, the Sith Lord, is going to come over and just sit him down and be like, "Look at no, this," and no. tell your dad you love it. Yeah. No, but Uncle Steve will come over and sh- and before that and show him a New Hope, which I feel like is more suited towards families of like everyone. Like, sure, everyone can fucking enjoy a New Hope. You know, my my problem is, and I think. Um, we get more into this in Attack of the Clones, but there is a Tommy Wiseau level of incompetency in story structure, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, that happens here. And, I, and, and, and in green screen, even for the time, yeah, yeah. even for the time. Yeah. And, and I, I come back to something that, uh, um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone talk about when they talk about story writing, which is that your story should have, a. Uh, and therefore between every beat. So this happens and therefore this happens. This happens and therefore this happens. It can't just be 
this happens and then this happens, this happens yeah. and then this happens. And for me, watching a Phantom Menace is a real Agreed. and then this it's, happens yeah. and then yeah, right. this happens. I was definitely not appreciative of story structure mm-hmm. when I first saw Phantom Menace, like the first five times. Yeah. Now I'm like, there's like, there's nothing of consequence. So here. let's let's <laughs> let's speaking speaking of and then this happens. Let's get back to the end thens of this movie. Uh, so they get to Tatooine. They deal with Watto, the junk dealer who has the hyperdrive. They need to get off the planet and get the queen safely to Coruscant. That's Coruscant. Yeah, Coruscant. So. Um, that's sort of it, and it took what an hour to get there for us talking about it. And it, the film itself took about an hour and some change to sort of make so that. But it has its major set piece there, right? But, so we'll get to that. So basically, for reasons like <laughs> yes, reasons. for reasons, reasons that Jedi can't cheat or steal until they have to cheat or steal, uh, they he seems pretty happy to cheat or steal. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying about again, uh, Qui Gon Jinn, and I love this entire time. Obi Wan's back on the ship, like waiting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Just, that's great. So whatever. So they find Anakin Skywalker, who is gifted at flying. Also, we have the first interaction between him and Padme, which is cute. That's the only cute moment when he's like, "Are you an angel?" It's kind oh, of yeah. cheesy, oh, but like, my God, no, no, it's but like, horrible. no, no. But look at that, and compared to every other moment they speak in all three. <laughs> to me, it's it's a perfectly analogous to every I moment. Just, <laughs> I just liked it because she treated him like a little kid. She took a little bit of a compliment that she eventually right. marries and has yeah, no, that, right. that's fucked up. That's <laughs> right. fucked up. But I'm saying, I'm saying right here, it was fine. Right, that and, one moment, and, and and I I will say that Jake Lloyd's a terrible actor, but really, honestly, while the writing's bad, Lucas made a serious misstep in having. Uh, Anakin be that what, age. Tw- what twelve? He, yeah. sh- he should no, be. He's like nine. It was or, or however old he should be. He should be like nineteen. He should be the same age as Padme. No, and like and like, and like if, if if he wants to do the chosen one slave Moses story, Ugh. he should be. It should be like fucking Spartacus or some shit like that. That's and the going film. Sh- to me, the film should start there. It really should. <laughs> it should start there. It should. It should be like all right. All right. It, it should be. It, um, I, I wrote this down like. You, if if you want to see a better chosen one narrative from nineteen ninety nine, watch watch the Matrix. It's like okay, you should have. It should basically be the same thing. It should be Qui Gon and Obi Wan are more, are are Morpheus and Trinity or whoever, and they're and they are they are literally searching for the prophesized one. Right, right. And they find this. They find they go to this planet where there's a rumor or something, and they find this kid. And sure, there's like there could be some political stuff happening. Honestly, I was after I watched this, I spent the entire rest of the day. The next day at work, rewriting <laughs> the rewriting the movie as like a samurai film, just to be like, okay, here's how this all well, these sa- all these, how it actually came all about. these same elements, how they could actually work. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And it was it was brilliant. And and as <laughs> and as and as and one more quick aside, I on several occasions I have had had dreams <laughs> where. Where I went to go see episode one and it was amazing and the world the world was wow. a much better place in now, my dreams. You might maybe you'll enjoy. I haven't seen it, but the Topher Grace edit of I okay. haven't I haven't seen it yet. The no, three I haven't films, either, but I've, but I've heard. I've heard it's good. You know. So 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 let's get to the big set piece, the big pointless set piece. So through a bunch of trickery <laughs> and nonsense and just uh, too much duplicitous weirdness to get the hyperdrive, Qui Gon makes a bunch of bets with Watto. That, I didn't understand any of those. That, that's, <laughs> it, it, listen, it does make. I, I purposely like stopped and rewound, paid attention. <laughs> It does make sense, but there's six steps of pointless. Yeah. Yes. So, well, yes, congratulations. You made a cohesive thought, but it's just way too fucking long. Yeah. So 
basically Annie has to win a pod race, which is a type of racing that the huts sort of put on on Tatooine right. to win the money to get the hyperdrive. And there's a side bet of sort of at the very last minute of trying to save Annie and his mother, but he can only win Annie at the end. Right. So we get this 25 minute sequence, 24 minute sequence. Okay. This sounds very exact of, <laughs> of pod racing. Yeah. It's because I think that I don't even know why at first I was gonna be like, Oh, cause there's no space thing, but there kind of is a space thing in the last bit of it, uh, in the final battle, which is just as pointless. Yeah, I know. Uh, well, I think the only reason, well, we can get to the point of that, but anyway, so pod racing happens. Who gives a shit? I mean, that's basically <laughs> right. the bottom line. In fact, even, even Jabba the Hutt but, falls asleep during the right. pod race. That is, is so telling. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, the most impressive thing about the pod race, and I think, and who I think is like one of the most impressive characters, whoever that Tuscan Raider was that took out one of the pods, <laughs> moving it like six hundred miles. He's the one. He's the one. He's the one that kidnapped Shmi. Yeah, I'm like yeah. that's like that's some Jedi level fucking <laughs> reflexes right there. Like 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 the the like like the big problem they keep they keep telling us that Annie is a like he has Jedi reflexes like. Like, okay, sure. Like, he just looks like he's a kid driving a race. Like, I don't know, like, how that makes him. Like, he says, like, I'm the only human who can do it. Like, I don't, I don't have no, I have no basis for right. that, that statement being true or false. Like, it, you could just be a dickish little kid, which you are because you leave C-3PO behind your creation. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, That's the only, let's talk about that very briefly. So actually, unless you have something else about the pod race, because it is so boring, we can just skip it. Yeah. I mean, I, I. Also, hold on, sorry. I did enjoy the pod race video game. Very oh, that's the best part. Of, <laughs> that's the best part of Phantom Menace. Land parties and the pod racer video game was so oh, tight so back in the day. Good. It was so good. Shahir, you're looking like you want to say something. No, no. I mean, I was just going to say the the pod race seemed pointless to me. And then just the, the fact that, that Qui-Gon uh, doesn't, he seems indifferent to rescuing Shmi, um, you know, like to, to freeing Shmi, which is Anakin's mother. Now, I know it's convenient for the story, like later on, but it makes no sense. Qui Gon, don't give a fuck about anything. Qui Gon, <laughs> don't give a fuck about. I think you should print that on a T-shirt because because it is weird. Like you're sort of like, wait, you're gonna rescue this kid and go take him to like some Jedi thing, but you're not gonna take his mother with him. He doesn't. I don't even think he gives a shit about Anakin. He gives a shit because he thinks he's found this thing in a prophecy. He Metachlorides. thinks he thinks But let me tell you something about Metachlorians. I hated it when it happened and I rewatched it here and I was sort of looking for the vitriol, looking for the sort of hate about it and like what, why, why, whatever. I, I don't hate the idea anymore. Like, cause all it is, no, I don't mind that. All either. it is, is, and it's kind of sort of biologically true. Uh, Metachlorians or not Metachlorians, but, um, um, whatever they, are. whatever's in our blood that sort of like, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a weird sort of symbiotic relationship that like helps or whatever. So in this movie, Metachlorians, sort of are the they they are the thing that allows the force to speak see at first when i was a kid i was like it's caused by fucking bugs in your blood like this is bullshit <laughs> but, but it's not the way they word it is the they are the things that allow the living force to speak to a person they're almost like they don't say these words but the, what the way they do is like they're the translators for it so the more of these midichlorians you have in your blood the stronger the force can speak to you and you could eventually use it so it's not that the midichlorians are actually making the force happen and because you have these bugs in your blood you can fucking shoot lightning out of your hands or whatever that's a Sith thing but like you know <laughs> do pushes and do use lightsabers it's these are sort of the the conduit this is the 
This is the wiring. This is the fiber optics that gets your essence in touch with the force. And I, I, okay. I'm not I'm not a hater. I don't mind that. But the, there is a, a distinction between the original uh, trilogy, the way the original trilogy deals with metaphysics and mm-hmm. and manifest destiny, it's, it's and that's an, the thing. It's you an know, energy field that guides yeah. us, binds us, and and, and you know, and then the the prequels kind of explain it more on a on a scientific, you know, right. uh, you know, to try and give it some biological backing. But then there, it's 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 incongruous again with the fact that Anakin is supposedly uh, 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 you know an immaculate conception child he's he's born of no father you know like and, oh, yeah. and, and the fact that the Gungans have have like a religion and you know like there, there's this weird th- this thing and one of the biggest problems I have with this is I don't understand I I, I don't understand what the force is even more now like 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 Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's powers seem confusing to me. I don't know what it is they can do. They can they, at some points they can jump really high, at other points they're dangling from buildings and they're about to meet their doom. They can push things. They have electricity right. that comes out. I don't get they it. They don't have electricity. Uh, yeah. I, but Sith, I don't Sith get it. Electric. You know what yeah. I mean? For, for for so much effort to be put into like where the force comes from, the actual explanation of what the force is Still it's, seems it's, confusing it's to me. It's a lot like Gandalf's power. It's as uh, it's as it's, required. It's as needed basis. Much <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there is yeah. Sorry, mm. there is something to be said about the first three movies because it was so sci-fi and sort of scientific. Like things had hyperspace and blasters mm. and Death Stars and mm. shit like mm. that. But then all of a sudden, you had this one guy that, by the way, he can choke you with his mind. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you're like. And, and no one in the movie understood how because it was so pushed back. Like they knew kind of like about the Jedi, but not really. Right. Like so. To have it sort of be commonplace, I think I think that was sort of Lucas's way of like it's so commonplace in this universe. Everyone knows about Jedi. Jedi are kind of abundant. Yeah, right. Like, so people would want to kind of understand it more. Again, this is me trying to make <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for him. Yeah. It does feel cooler, and I'm a, I'm a proper proprietor of this in any story. Preacher, which is a series that's coming out soon, Woo! comic book series. Yeah, it has it's a whole this whole biblical thing, this whole nonsense, all these different characters, and then one of the sidekicks is a fucking vampire. Right. <laughs> Doesn't you, what like that's out of left field. That's nuts. But it makes it so much more interesting because you're like, and there's vampires. And, like, and, and, and there's cool. probably consequence to that. Yes. But in, right. Which they're really sort of here is not. But yeah. like in the in the originals in the in four, five and six, right. it's like there's all this cool space stuff. And there's just magic. magic. <laughs> right. It's, like, it, like, dude, it, blows my mind away. But the the thing about uh, Phantom Menace and the whole prequels is that they kind of make the Jedi. I think the equivalent of the Pony Express, like yeah. they were, they were big, they were big for a while, <laughs> and then they weren't, and nobody gave a shit, and oh. that, and and that, and like and like, and remember, this takes place thirty years before the events mm. of Episode Four, yeah. and so it's also like, what your yeah. record keeping is horrible, <laughs> like Jedi. nobody, like nobody knows any, nobody cares. It doesn't feel it, 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 it makes it like I like I wish it wasn't. I wish like we had started. Like just with the empire already existing, because like a thirty-year empire, I'm like, you don't sound all like that. You don't sound worthy of like the grand myth of our, of all of like our entire country. The like Jedi, the Jedi brought so- all of these, and even in this one. So let's I, let's kind of because we do have to keep moving. So eventually they rescue Annie. They leave the mother behind. Big emotional <laughs> swelling. Blah 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 blah. Uh, and then they do that, I don't know. and <laughs> then they get back to Coruscant. And they meet in front of the Jedi Council. This is the first time you see the Jedi Council and Samuel L. Jackson's there and Puppet Yoda's there You're and like, Big Whoa, Forehead guys shit. there. Yeah. And oh, what's um, his name? I don't know. Uh, Dreadlock Octopus. Dreadlock Octopus <laughs> is there. Um, and 
and uh, and um, hey, you guys, <laughs> Jedi is there. Um, the the dude who Chunk? looks like Chunk, and and they're like, oh, Qui Gon wants to teach him. Oh, we'll have to think it's about no, it. sloth. Sorry, sloth. Yeah, sloth. sloth. Sorry. Uh, and then <laughs> and then they're like, Yoda's like, nah, he's too old, and there's a lot of fear in him, and eh, that's probably not a good idea. Even and, though he's like the prophet, the prophesized one is an immaculate conception, has more metachlorides than everyone. Like that, that's three very good reasons, Yoda, to like yeah. look at this kid. But Yoda still, I think Yoda is the only smart Jedi in the entire council. Right. Well, I mean, as episode three dictates, yes, he kind yeah, of yeah. is. <laughs> but then this, maybe this is, and again, now I'm getting into that game of like making excuses for, for like bad storytelling. Sure. But maybe the point is to illustrate that, that the, the Jedi are becoming incompetent. They're antiquated. Yeah. And they're antiquated right. and they're more concerned with process than they are with looking at what's in yep. front of them. Yeah. yeah, I agree. They become bureaucrats. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is kind of shitty when the whole reason that they exist in the first place in our society, in real life society is because they're cool space knights with laser swords. Yeah. So when you yeah. sort of strip that away and you make them and this sort of. that's all they need to be. Yeah. They're, they're knights <laughs> of the round table, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're, they're like that's, that's what like, it's, it's really, it's really cool. You know, they take on this mi- mystical, uh, the idea in the in the original trilogy because they're only like there's only one of them one, one of them le- like yeah. I'm like like okay the the uh, the emperor is a Sith but technically nobody knows that so hence why we heard stories and everything was true all of it so from- here we go let's just keep moving along let's keep trucking along so guess what people we got to go back to Naboo why because the queen all of a sudden decides that she doesn't want her people to suffer anymore now I know not th- that we've seen any of the uh, suffering no, right. there's just <laughs> been hollow tapes sent back and they're like no it's a oh, trick it's a trick it's a trick yeah. so then. They go back to Naboo to try to basically uh, get get her there, but they can't intervene. Now, why? But though no, they want to talk to the Gungans. No, Wait, they, it's no, do, no. Just one because they they need to enlist the Gungans to to help why? fight. How did they fight get, the no, Trade Federation? Because, because uh, Jar Jar says Gungans got a great big uh, bombad army or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like right, so but, they're they're warriors. But, like, but okay. why doesn't the Senate have an army? I know this is going to be the 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 basis for Attack of the Clones. The Senate like generating an army. But why doesn't the Senate? I always took they're it, the UN. Yeah, that's the thing. I think they're the UN. I think they think they've evolved past it. Like I think all right. of the warring because there's the outer rim, which is lawless, if you remember, and right. then there's the the Senate, which right. has sort of law and order to it. Right, um, but, but without enforcers. I, I think there's, you <laughs> yeah, know, just you people, never see them. Whatever. I, or people the are, Jedi are supposed to right. be. I don't fucking know. Right. Uh, but, so they don't send the Jedi to like to, to fight right. this war. But the Jedi go. Wait, well, the, no. Why no, do, no, they don't no, go. No, they escort. Hold on. No, why? only Qui-Gon and, and, and Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan go. go. But why do they go? To escort her back? To escort her back and to try and enlist the Gungans. Yeah, to pr- help protect. Now, if the Gungans weren't going to fight, which which by all accounts they might not have, you know, given the first encounter that Qui-Gon has with them down below, where, where the Gungans pretty much say, we don't give a shit if Naboo goes down, you know, like Naboo has been basically oppressing us anyway. So right. side note, I love that like the Gungans as a society are worried that their super secret base will be found underwater. So they just move to the forest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, Which is like a five minute walk away. Yeah. And also way more out in the open and easy for battle droids to get to, as opposed to underwater where I'm guessing they don't work at at least a hundred percent capacity. Now I we've been hating on Roger, the film Roger. the whole time, and I and I and why and do I they don't, talk? I have to admit, like the when we get to the the Gungan battle, sure. I'm kind of like, oh well, you know, look, 1999, doing battle scenes like this on this scale 
for 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 that and and the way that that they that Lucas kind of intercuts the the Gungan battle with, with the castle with, storming and with, with the, the Darth Maul Darth Maul fight with with Obi Wan and Qui Gon and, and with, unfortunately with Anakin Anakin in the in the space in space fight that, that's right. the worst part of it but the way he kind of intercuts those things does remind me of like what good storytelling could possibly be you know like and, 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 and it good, reminds me of Indiana editing. Jones it's a great bit. editing. That's yeah, the thing. Great. They take four action sequences, and yeah. it's funny. If you look at uh, New Hope, there's one. If you look at Empire, there's two. If you look at Jedi, there's three. And in this one, there was four. I remember seeing it and thinking uh, that at that point. There's huh. four action sequences going yeah. on at the same time. Yeah, and I was kind of like, oh, that's cool. And I like it. Um, But the, yeah, it's just sort of like, yeah, Anakin's special. He don't leave that cockpit. Like, so he doesn't leave the cockpit, but the thing goes on autopilot. And there's a lot of bumbling to get him into a yeah, place. Right, and then he yeah. shoots a core of a uh, Trade Federation ship destroying all of the basically the entire premise of a new hope where luke had to like attack a a major thing you know what there's a a lot of clarity between episode one and episode four yeah yeah but the thing is is that anakin does it by accident and he's amazing at it force you know like whereas luke has to like prep and they do this whole thing yeah i the less technically how sorry technically how luke destroys the death star is kind of by accident because he just turns off his target computer and uses the force anakin is just going around (laughs) using the force (laughs) right <laughs> but but Anakin arrived in just like a like um the the uh the whole certainly the uh Jar Jar the Gungan battle and Anakin are are just perfect lessons and it's it's better to be lucky than good because yeah. like they like Jar Jar just fuck he just bumbles into victory and you know just blowing up some stuff Anakin just like he's on autopilot he 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 goes up there the space attack itself doesn't really have it's like. They're going to attack the command ship, which, by the way, why do you only bring one command ship to a blockade? But either way, <laughs> but they're going to do that. And there's, it doesn't feel like there are a lot of tactics. It's just, oh, uh, yeah, we're just going to fly at it and try shooting let's shoot at it. Let's shoot this big ship. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's shoot the big ship. Like, nobody has any idea that we have to get to, like, inside the core when it happens. It's like, oh, it was like, oh, wait, was that thing he just shot that was way out in the open again? Like, the thing important. That, important. Yeah. Whereas in A New Hope, it's at least like, Okay, we got to go down this one, yeah. this yeah, one the, trench, and we got to get to this thing. Yeah, like, it's, there, there's tension and there's suspense here. Sure. Here, it's just like it's. Well, like, I think it's, it's like, unfortunate that, that 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 story is included in this full yeah. way kind of. Yeah. The, the tension, <laughs> the, the 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 storm of the castles, all right, uh, and the Gungan army thing is cool. And now, of course, it looks like a bad video game. But I remember then being like, yeah. oh, this looks really neat. Yeah, yeah same. Um, but let's talk about the quintessential thing, uh, aka Duel of Fates. Yeah. Uh, which is the best thing to come out of this this <laughs> yeah. movie? Yes. Was the Darth Maul versus Qui Gon versus Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, yeah. or, or kind of two yeah. of them versus uh, Darth two Maul. on one? Darth Maul. Everyone knows he wasn't kind of used and sort of wasted, and he's such a cool character design with a two sided lightsaber and all the right. makeup and horns. I I, I don't I, know, man. Like the like more him. the more. No, he's I, great. No, he's great. What I'm saying is, I think. He is, everyone's like, oh man, he's a Darth, so like he should have had way more story and it should have been more like Darth Vader, like he should have been the big bad that we're all interested in. No, 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 no. He is Boba Fett. In this movie, mm-hmm. he's Boba Fett. Boba Fett's this guy in cool armor who can do one or two cool things, and you don't hear anything else about him until obviously they ruin that eventually. But in the movie, he's just like this cool dude that shows up and is like, I'm hunting everybody. The Darth right. Maul is just this cool dude that shows up that can fight Jedi. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm in. You know, like, I know everyone loves this uh, Duel of the Fates thing. Uh, I was indifferent to it when it happened. Oh, I, I loved it. Uh, uh, so, I was kind of so, like, uh, oh. like, oh, this I, is what I sat through. I earned this. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I remember watching it the other day, and like, and, and when, when, the, when it opens up and the, and the horns come on, I'm like, fucking 
Finally, yeah, yeah. like I waited for this. I need this. And it's funny because and, and we haven't watched the, the the original four, five and six yet. But I, I have a long time ago sort of tried to do all these in order again. And you go from these amazing sword fights. They're very well choreographed sword fights in all three of these prequels. Yeah. Uh, and then you go to the New Hope and it's yeah. the worst. It's and even the other two aren't that great. Like, but but they they have right. but there's drama. Oh no, yeah, there's right. weight, they there's weight to the fight. But I'm just saying it's yeah. it's very interesting about that. So th is. this happens, and something that actually my girlfriend noticed when we were watching this movie at this point, she's like, "Has this movie ever not had music going behind it?" And it doesn't. There are no moments of silence except for oh. around some of the pod the yeah. pod racing scenes because you just hear that like but there's always music playing so it's this weird sort of bullshit thing of like this is how you're supposed to be feeling right now yeah. like because they know the movie itself can't carry it right there's always an orchestral track playing minus the pod race. Wow. And huh. just because Duel of the Fates is amazing, like that's that's sort of that's the only one you remember. But if if you want to watch it again, uh, <sighs> it's wall to wall music, and she was getting so fucking annoyed with it. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and I was like, and after she called it, I was like, yeah, that's that's a that's a big thing. That's, so well, well, I mean, when when you have John Williams, you you use John Williams, the yeah. shit, <laughs> John Williams. So the best big, part of the, the movie. big moment of the film, uh, when Darth Maul defeats Qui Gon Jinn. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and to the, be honest, and as he doesn't it, disappear because he's not in tune with the force enough to disappear. It's, right. it's the whole thing. Uh, cause he was never granted the thing of master. Um, then again, oh. neither was it, whatever. Um, <laughs> so, so I, as a, as a young person didn't see it coming. Uh, obviously now I think I'd see it coming. Um, if, if, if you had the soundtrack, you would see yeah. it coming. Death of Qui-Gon Jinn, right? Oh, oh yeah. It says in the soundtrack. Uh, it says on the soundtrack. And yep. that came out before the movie? Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, so that was a powerful moment, and I think the only time when someone has yelled no that actually made sense in a film. Yeah, in this, it, in this, it, it, certainly in a Star Wars. In a Star Wars film. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like oh, when yeah. when you and McGregor's like, Aah! like yeah. that was like, oh fuck, there's feeling. Then he comes back, and basically, you know, I think that fight could have been cooler, but it was still sort it of was, a satisfying. It was still pretty end. cool. Does he I cut off? Now this is he cuts him in half. He cuts him, ch chops him in twain, and in the in the comics, Darth Maul comes back with like a robot belt where he's like. Reattached. It's that's supposedly kind of cool. Again, not being like a huge fan of this universe, uh, the one thing I keep noticing is like a lot of dudes get their hands cut off in this one. Yeah, show. yeah, it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's really pre and it's like always the hand. I'm like, oh god, here we go again. Yeah. I think honestly, I think it's <laughs> because it's a way of disarming a Jedi. Like right, or disarming. Yeah. It's the only way. Yeah. yeah. You can't stab him. You got to like cut the hand yeah. off. It's like a vampire. You got to cut the sure. head off. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it happens a lot yeah. in literature and popular culture. Like yeah. Jamie Lannister got sure. his hand cut off. Spoiler. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, no, no. So, so, the, so Darth Maul's defeated and they, they kind of rejoice. They, they take back the Senate and they sort of free the people and they kick the trade federation out. That's kind of the end of this movie. And it ends with a very new hope <laughs> sort of moment yeah. of everyone getting awards. And Even but though, it, but it, 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 they, a, a glowing ball thing yeah. that I think was also used to blow up the droids or yeah, something. The, bum, the Bumba. Thing. Yeah, I don't know. So it was like the, the, the Gungans and the Naboo are now at peace because they have a parade. But this is where the Senate is slowly transformed. Is Palpatine. This where yeah. Yeah, Palpatine. Palpatine has been elected now, is it, chancellor. Is it, is, it, is it me, but is it like so deathly obvious that Palpatine is the emperor? Well, yeah, no, well it is yeah, to it, us, it, but it, no one's seen the emperor in the, in the universe. Right, correct, right. correct. Like, like also they in the in the original series, I haven't seen them in a while. I don't think they ever use the word Emperor Palpatine right. at all. No. So for, so for all we know, it's like oh this is uh this like this guy he's <laughs> he was elected as the but chancellor. Like that's cool. 
and like I'm like it's it's very obvious. He's to, got the same you're voice. You're meant to watch this film knowing Star yes, Wars, right? right? I know, so, but, but but which is which is another fucking problem with it. It it, <laughs> yeah. it, it relies so much on call aheads yeah. to to make you feel make you feel emotion like mm. all the. <laughs> <sighs> so, so I mean, at the end, when you watch this film now, um, it's it's so hard to, to 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 take away. I mean, it's it's again, it's sort of like it's sort of like Star Wars as a whole. Like you have this beast of a thing that not all of it is enjoyable. In fact, probably only like thirty percent of it is really enjoyable. I, ju- I really enjoyed the first ten seconds. No, <laughs> the first the first twenty five seconds. The twentieth century Fox fanfare. Followed by the Lucasfilm sign, yeah. followed by a long time ago in a galaxy, and I'm yeah. like, "Yes, bring this to me." And then, and then it's, it's all downhill. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not a film that it holds up. Obviously, the test of time. It's so hated in in pop culture, but I think it's also that sort of like, oh, it's popular to hate it. Right. There's a lot of stuff going on that's wrong with this film, but I think a lot of the things that people harp on are not the things that make it as bad as it is. I it has enough bad things going for it. Well, you don't just, need to pick like pile. like in in terms of just storytelling and structure, structure, writing. technical competency. My God, this is a boringly shot movie. David Tattersall, what the fuck were you doing? Yeah, yeah. that you. But just, it's a. It's a it, I think it was one of the first like exclusively green screen. It was one of the first and digital. They and shot digital. it in digital. Yeah, yeah. Shot, so which they, is they great. Did, like, sure, try try out stuff, but at the same time, like, uh, give, and I, I think give it us a good sits, story. I think it sits well. The whole trilogy, the whole prequel trilogy, sits up the template for action filmmaking that will follow. Now, now, Lord of the Rings was happening concurrently to this film, so it's it's hard to say. But Lord of the Rings, I feel, takes a lot of cues from the Star Wars prequels, right, and does them better. Yeah, you know, like in terms of like green screen shooting and 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 the way to like integrate elements. Yeah, but, yeah, but, right. yeah. but yeah, you know, it, it used models and things. Yeah, Star Wars. Prequels didn't really, really. Do maybe, that. maybe a better example is that, unfortunately, the Hobbit trilogy takes its cues from the prequels. <laughs> you know, yes. Uh, uh, maybe just don't make six movies. Maybe, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe just maybe um, maybe just make the one. Maybe just make movie. the one. I'm or I'm just, all about just or make just the maybe one. Maybe make the movies that you want to make. Yeah, uh, which you, you could argue yeah. Lucas did. In like it's it, hard to say that these aren't the movies he wanted to make. It's hard to argue that right. that the studio jumped in and like fucked it all up by adding Jar Jar. Do you think? Right. You think? I mean, this is sort of near the end. But do you think that Lucas was sitting at his ranch saying, "Man, I really want to go back to Star Wars." Like, do you really no, I think, think it was? Dem- I think it was. I think it was demanded, and he didn't want to give it up. Then, yeah, he's like, "No, fuck it, I can do this." But so it's oh. weird. It's not the studio interfering; it's the fans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So really, <laughs> what we're saying, everyone, the menace is really the fans. Is it your <laughs> the, fault? The, it's my the fault. Fan it's to menace. It is my fault. What? Oh, I think there's no better way to end it than that. We cracked no. the code, guys. We, we did cracked it. the code. We totally did. I should have some thoughts, but uh, well, no, no, no. Well, we can do final thoughts, but that's good. Like that's good. It is actually the fans that caused the Phantom yeah, Menace to be. Wow. Yeah, okay, so let's go around fed. do final thoughts. We'll do uh, Steve, your guest. You go first. Um. Okay. I would say okay. This is written and directed by George Lucas. It's a it's a it's a, it's a, it's a prequel to a beloved. Are you just reading the IMDb page right now? No, <laughs> no. it's a it's a prequel to a prequel to a beloved series of adventure oriented um, a franchise. But honestly, if you want a really great prequel of a beloved franchise that happened to be done by Lucasfilm, the first twenty minutes of the Last Crusade are 
absolutely perfect mm-hmm. in terms of setting up things, doing a few a few couple call aheads, and then just getting the fuck out. And also, but also, if you want a condensed version of the entire prequel trilogy, watch Chronicle. It's basically the rise and fall of a guy who gets crazy powers. Right. And uh, too sure. Yes. And uh, l- lastly, final thought. I really enjoyed this movie when I was younger. I watched it again and wanted to travel back in time and punch myself. That's what I, that's what I do with a time machine. Not kill Hitler or anything. I would right. go be like, like, dude, what the fuck? No. Nope. So I want to apologize to my girlfriend at the time for being crazy about this movie. Uh, I was very wrong. So, so very wrong. And that is my final thought. All right. Shahir? Um, I wasn't into the Star Wars films to begin with. <laughs> and, and I feel like... And and the, when you asked me to watch these again, I was so bummed out. <laughs> I was like, just so like, uh, you're, you're welcome. Oh God, I got to do this. And doing it, I I feel like this movie has that unfortunate effect of making the five movies that follow it worse, simply by existing. Now there are things in it that I think are on their own interesting, you know, like the battle, like the way that CGI gets integrated, mm-hmm. the the visual approach. But but unfortunately, yeah, I don't, you know, like this would, this to me, like backs up my theory that Star Wars is a bad set of films. All right. All right. <laughs> my final thought uh, is really a kind of a quote. Uh, the only time we hear Darth Maul speak and it's, he says to the emperors, they're just chilling, strolling through Coruscant upper alleys or whatever. He says, at last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have our revenge. Now, if you take that and you really think about sort of how we were talking about the fans demanding Lucas come back and make more Star Wars <laughs> movies. This is sort of Lucas. I honestly think in his weird way, like, oh, you want Star Wars? Well, this is my Star Wars Hope you like it. At last, I'm going to give you the story, and I don't give a shit if you like it or not. Like, this is what it is, and I'm going to do my calculated risks. I'm going to do my toy buys. I'm going to do my world building, and I like it. That that was my question to you. Do you, do you think Lucas likes this? Film? I think he does. I don't think he would have made it and powered it through the way he did if he did not like this film. I think this is the kind of story when you let George Lucas go and do what he wants to do by himself, this is what you get. Mm-hmm. And there's some okay parts. There's one or two great parts and there's a bunch of shit. And that's sort of really how I feel about it. It it, it was a movie that the fans demanded and he made. And then the fans were like, this wasn't the movie I wanted. And then he was like, well, you kind of wanted me to make a Star Wars movie. The one thing you wanted to see about the, the fall of Darth Vader. So here we go. The one thing is, is like Lucas is no fool. No, he's a very smart man. He's He's a very smart smart man. And, and, and you have to, again, for me as a filmmaker, I, I admire his ambition. You know, I admire the scale of his ambition sure. to put this these things together. I think there are problems and things that he's not good at that other similar filmmakers are very good at. Uh, and, and we'll talk about, um, I think, more in Attack of the Clones, right. um, Spielberg and Lucas right. and their friendship and, and the way they work differently. Um, but But I certainly admire, you know, what Lucas is trying to do. Right. Yeah. 
All right. Well, guys, this has been the only podcast about episode one, The Phantom Menace. The, literally the only podcast. Literally the only no, podcast. No other group of 30-something men are going to be talking about Ever. The Phantom Menace. No, no, Ever. No. Certainly not within the next four weeks. No, no, of course not. <laughs> Steve, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, usually over at samenightmoviereview.com, where I occasionally we'll review the latest releases and our good friend Ma- uh, Matthew Marchetti will take us back down memory lane for some B movie action. Yep. They are very awesome. <laughs> both, both of those things. Yeehaw. Good job. Shahir. Uh, you can find me at shahirdad.com where uh, you hear my, uh, you can see all my work and my movie rants. Um, and you'll see me. Oh, you'll hear me in the next podcast, which is coming out right away. That, that is true. Very, very soon. And Steve, also the Skyfall review was very good. Oh, I, yes. I, thank I you. That. And, uh, and, oh, that? and, and lastly, don't worry, Shahir. I'm, I'm sure in a couple months, they will, there'll be a have to review the Christoph Kieslowski, what? Three colors, red. That's a great trilogy. I'll watch <laughs> hey, that. Hey, I'll do hey, the dick along. Hey, let's, don't, let, hey, don't Matt give him Grohl, ideas. Matt Grohl, <laughs> don't that's the next trilogy we're doing. Good choice, Steve. I'm down. <laughs> you can find me at MatthewKroll.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Skeletor, the number four P-R-E-Z, or on Twitter at Emperor M-S-K. Uh, yeah, guys, so this is... Uh, oh, and just before we go, uh, email us in at OnlyMoviePodcast at Gmail. That's right. Our Twitter handle at OnlyMoviePod, and we have a Facebook page. Get in touch with us. That is right. Thank you so much for listening to us yammer on about The Phantom Menace. I hope you liked it, because you got five more hours of this shit coming in the next month. <laughs> Woo! And you're going to... It's going to be interesting. We're going to have great, great guests, and uh, we're going to just go through and try to try to figure this whole Star Wars thing out. So, okay. And, okay. I think there's only one real way to end this. Sure. With uh, it's the 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 goodbye of Star Wars. So the what? What? Huh? Oh, we're uh, supposed yeah. to say maybe the yeah, fourth well, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. So everybody, I guess one, two, three. May, May the Schwartz be with you. you. What? Yeah. It's, not, it's not Schwartz. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh crap! See you next time.